Hey everybody, it's your doc, Jeff Booski, creator and co-founder of Dental Syndicate, where we have cracked the code to gamify the system to unlocking power, productivity, and profitability, all while building practices and lives that matter. Welcome to Jumpstart with Jeff and today's guest, Eric Block, the stress-free dentist. This is part two continued. Thank you. What would you say, what did you find to be, it, it sounds very simple, but what did you find to be one of your keys for being more present at home? There can be such major still distractions, even though the office is over there. I mean, there's still a lot of distractions. It could be your phone patient calling you emergency wise. How did you find, what was the simplest way for you to find to be more present at home? What did that look like for you? Yeah, I, and I, I think it was really just getting more comfortable with myself and being able to leave that office behind. Um, and, and I still go through, through counseling now. Um, because I feel, I really feel like whether it's coaching or, or mentorship or, or therapy is, is, is so important. Uh, and as a takeaway, you don't have to be ashamed of going to no. therapy There's nothing wrong with you. Um, in fact, you're doing something to help yourself. So you should be proud, uh, if you do it. Um, so I think that, uh, and also I had a lot of other things going on, which, um, you know, my website, the book. Um, I was getting up really early and really motivated to, uh, do different things, which also became a great distraction, uh, from the office. Um, and, you know, for example, if a patient canceled three or four years ago, it would have been all upset and said, Hey, we got to get another patient. Let's call. We got to, where'd that patient go? We got to get someone in. When I started adding different, um, entities into my life, uh, like my book and my website and podcast, I said, you know what? no big deal. I'll just work on, on something else. I really found that reducing that, that stress, uh, and just being happier at work allowed me to be happier at home as well. That's awesome. You know, when you, when you look at that, just being able to take that reduction and allows you to be more present at home, it allows you to really, and in your family to experience you in that manner. I, I realize that if I'm having a, a difficult day, because I do too at the office and if, man, if I leave there and I'm fired up about something or something didn't go well or didn't go my way and, you know, somebody was upset, I will literally take pull over at the golf course on the way home, set my timer on my phone for five minutes and then literally just take five minutes and breathe and relax and that's just like a little reset for me. And for that, then when I walk through the door, I'm a different person than the guy who left the office, pissed off, upset, whatever, or, or that was stressed out, you know? And so I totally, totally get that, you know, and that's just, you know, we all find little things that work for us. And so for you guys listening at home, that's one of the things I would suggest, you know, just, just find some of those little things that work and that work well that allow you to decompress because yeah. go ahead. That's, that's, I love that. That just taking that five minutes um, at the golf course and just kind of just trying to get rid of the day, you know, get breathing or whatever it is, looking at a nice scenery, you know, now it's starting to get colder out, but I used to just go for a jog right after work. I'd bring my jogging stuff. I'd go for a jog. And that was like, I felt so good after just getting, you know, uh, going for exercise right after work um, or doing, doing like a five or 10 minute yoga um, uh, stretch. Um, but to tell you the truth, there's still some time and I get home and I'm still wiped sometimes. 
And, you know, I've told my wife many times and she understands more now of, of what we do day in and day out. And sometimes I'm going to get home and I'm going to be junk and I'm going to stare at the wall <laughs> to, yeah. to decompress for a half an hour. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll get back there, but I just may need some time to get back into transition into uh, uh, home world and, and, and get, get rid of uh, office world uh, behind me. You know, it's amazing because my wife has said sometimes before, like, and it's very, I, I find it kind of a, a funny way that she'll approach it. She'll say, did you uh, meditate today? You know, and that's just kind of a signal for me to go, hmm, how am I showing up? How am I being, you know, or, yeah. or would you like to take some time and just do a quick meditation now? <laughs> yeah, you know, great. Thanks, babe. You know, but it is a great reminder, or I look at it as just a form of feedback that it just allows me to realize man, maybe the way that I'm showing up is not the way that I really think that I'm showing up, you know? And, and so for me, I, you know, I came to the realization that, man, if we don't have a healthy outlet for our stuff, then we tend to just stuff it down harder. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the equivalent of taking a beach ball and trying to push that underwater. And the harder you push down and the farther you push down, the more resistance there is to coming up. And finally, sometime that thing's just going to go boom and erupt up. And then now, now that's when the blow up happens. That's when it goes from a little bit of drama to now something more traumatic. And now mm -hmm. it's a big event that happens or there's a big major fight and all of those things. But where if we've got the outlet or we've got the tools, just like you're talking about, whether it be with therapists, whether it be with coaching, mentors, all of those individuals, great community that you surround yourself with. If you have those tools in that community and the ability to be able to get rid of that, man, it will save you so much heartache and stomach lining and, and stress, possible heart attack, disease. I mean, inflammation. There's so many factors that the body gets riddled with in our profession not just from the physical aspect, but just the mental components and how that physically actually manifests in our bodies. So, you know, when I look back at it, for me, Eric, I was thinking about this as, as you were talking too, and I just thought, you know, I look back at it, I was never trained as a leader at, in dental school either. And I think that was one of the biggest, you know, disservices that I could have for myself is that, I never got, or I never took any leadership courses before. And you know, the sad thing is looking back and being honest about it, I, I wasn't really doing a great job of leading myself even mm -hmm. at that point, you know? And yet I'm expected to come in and lead team members, lead patients, lead, you know, all of these things going on, lead my family. And yet I'm not even really truly authentically leading myself. And it's like, wow when you look at it, things from that manner, it's a big deal. And that's where I think some of the things fall short. Now I realize there's so much time that can only be compressed into our schooling and, and our education, but I really would love to see some of that change as we go forward here. Tell me what are the things, what do you want to see happening for, you know, young dentists coming out of school and everything from that manner? What would you like to see? I think you just, you know, you nailed it with a, a few things that you just said to start early uh, with these, uh, first of all, you know, trying to become a good leader for yourself, uh, for your team. Um, you nailed it right there. And then I just, you know, also wrote down uh, to start early to figure out ways to decompress 
so that you're not bottling it all up like a beach ball and start early in your career. Um, yeah. Don't start when you're, you know, 40 years old, like I was, I'm, I'm 47 now. Um, start early on. Um, I, I wish that I had um, taken more business classes, accounting classes. Um, but like you said, learning to become a leader, lead yourself, um, being more part of a community. I wish that I had done, um, what I do now is I constantly am doing yoga throughout the day. Like I'm doing, um, you know, little four or five minute stretches here and there. And I also stand now, like it's the 1920s. So I don't sit anymore. And yeah, so I, I do yoga throughout the day. I hang from a bar, um, and I stand and my back pain has gone almost to zero pain. I get twinges, you know, here and there, but my physical pain, which physical pain, pain is pain. If you have physical pain, you're going to have emotional pain. And I suffered with uh, a shoulder issue for about 10 years and I would get home and just be exhausted from that, from the pain in my shoulder. So now I really don't have much pain anymore because of I'm constantly stretching. I'm hanging from a bar. I'm going for jogs after work. Uh, so physically I feel much better. That's awesome. And I think that those are, man, those are such key little pearls that you just dropped in there. Just little shifts that you have to look at for yourself on like what, what's working. And, you know, I know things that are working for me that are true for me might not be true for somebody else. And so my, my advice is just test it. You know, if there's something that you're interested in or somebody says something, you're like, Ooh, that might be really interesting. Test it for yourself and see. And really that's how the best you, that's the best ability to be able to quantify it to say, all right, this is something that I can implement in my life. Does it make sense to implement? How's it going to serve me? Is it going to serve me better for me to be a better practitioner? Is it going to be serving me better to be a better husband, be a better father, be a better businessman, be better, you know, spiritual leader, whatever it is that you're looking at and just asking the question, how does this serve me? You know, and I think that was beautifully put Eric. And so you know, when you look at, you went through, you wrote the book and just tell us about the experience of writing the book. Did, was it, was that almost therapeutic in a way for you as well? Oh yeah. I, you know, I had about 50,000 rambling thoughts that I put together of just, you know, throughout my career of all the things that I went through. It was very therapeutic to write it. It was a lot of work. Uh, it took, it took probably about nine months of my my time. I felt like I had a story to tell. I felt like I had some, some tips to share and whether a dentist gets, you know, one or two pointers out of it. And if, if I could help them out there, then it was worth it. Uh, because I just didn't want dentists to real to think that there's nothing they can do. And that given to that false belief that, you know, dentistry, it just is what it is. I chose a profession and I gotta, I gotta ride it out until I retire. No, that's not, that's not true. You can make some changes. You can enjoy going into work every day. Um, and I wanted to share my story to, um, to prove that it's true because, you know, I'm a full-time practicing dentist and I'm in the trenches just like, just like everyone else. So it's, it's, it, it can be done. Absolutely. You know, and, and I, I love dentistry now more than I ever have. And I've been doing it now for gosh, 24 years. 
I love it. I'm still excited about it. I'm excited about the care that I provide. And, you know, I still love learning. I still love learning new techniques, tools, different things, and staying on the cutting edge of things. But just like you said, too, we all have very little trouble investing in our clinical skills or things for our practice. But I'm going to encourage you guys out there listening to take the time to invest in yourself. Bet on yourself, just like Eric was saying, you know, hey, it might be a therapist, it might be a coach, it might be a mentor. Take the time to invest in you. And I promise you, that will be one of the best returns that you'll ever get on an investment. That's, that's been, great advice, man. That's been one of my experiences for me, you know, and, and two, having the ability to bet on yourself because being a people pleaser, and that's where I'd been before too. It's like, ah, you know, I want to do this for somebody else. And I, if I do that, then I might be taken away from, you know, my kids or my wife. And what I realized is, is that if I don't take and invest in me, or if I don't take and fulfill up my cup first, there's no way that I can overflow onto others. Mm -hmm. And so that's where that comes really back to play of like, man, for me to really be the best version of me, I need to be all out that I can be. And I, and I need to really take the time to invest in it and really learn, just like you said, what are the lanes that I want to practice in? How do I want to practice? How, do, how many days do I want to practice? What are the hours? That is the beauty of our profession. When you look at things, we can set our own stage still at this point in time of really choosing what it is that we like and what we want to chase down, what we want to get rid of. It's very freeing if we allow it to be. Mm -hmm. If we look for that. Yeah, I, I think that um, you also mentioned staying on the cutting edge. I, I really enjoy and I think that you know, a lot of dentists just end up doing the same thing over and over and they get stuck in the hamster wheel of doing the same procedures over and over. So I, I really, for me, adding new treatment modalities, whether you're adding implants or clear liners or, or sleep and airway, um, you know, I recommend to get well-trained in it and do it slow. But if you can start to add different things into your career, it'll give kind of reinvigorate yourself kind of re-energize you and your staff, you know, sometimes there may not be the return on investment for a certain piece of equipment um, or, 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 you know, something that you invested in, but if you use it and it makes you enjoy going to work every day, I say, do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Find what it is that you love to do and do more of it. And then market to that, <laughs> you know, it's, mm. it, it's, it sounds very simple, but that's the truth. I mean, you know, for us, we market to train wrecks because that's what I love to take care of. I love to do implants. I love to place implants. I love to see a change in somebody's whole life. That is something that I just find so much fulfillment in. But, and then years ago, that would have been something that was very scary to me. So it really mm -hmm. depends on where you're at in your career. I love what you said, you know, become proficient in it and really get the training, be skilled in it you know, but also look at what it is that you love to do and, and chase that down or, you know, get the education on it. So when you look back, what would you suggest, you know, think back to when you were, you know, a young buck dentist, you know, and what would you, what would be the one bit of advice that you'd give the new dentists, the new docs that are, are coming out of school right now? Yeah, I would say to, you know, first of all, 
I, I was an associate for way too long. I was an associate for about 10 years because I just got comfortable, uh, and, you know, going to work and then and doing my thing and then leaving. Uh, and I, I really felt that, you know, mentally, I didn't think I was mature enough to be a practice owner. If I could, you know, get in that uh, DeLorean and, and cruise to 88 and go back in time, like in back to the future, I would tell young blocky work in a couple different areas, you know, a couple different types of practices for two years, soak it all in, develop your own style of practice and then take the plunge and become a practice owner. Um, because I, I waited personally, I waited too long. Um, and then also, uh, like we were mentioned before, always stay connected with your peers, a mentor, a coach, learn what you like and, and what you don't like. Uh, and you don't have to be a, a, you know, a super dentist. You can say, no, uh, you don't have to take on every case. You don't have to take on every patient. Um, and you know, sometimes saying no to others is, is saying yes to yourself. And I call it blocky bucks, you know, for me, like if I say no to a, a procedure that I could have been out of my comfort zone or a patient that could have been a headache, I didn't make that revenue on that procedure or that patient, but I, I made the mental revenue by not, you know, not taking it on. So uh, I got burned early on in, in my career with some cases that were out of my comfort zone uh, and some patients that I just really ended up regretting working on. So I would, I would, you know, tell a young, young blocky to, uh, pick and choose your, your cases and your patients that you work on. I remember, I remember Carl Misch saying, you know, sometimes it's better to see the back of somebody's head leaving your office one time than their face coming at you again and again and again and again yeah, yeah, yeah. because of the problems. Yeah. And it's like, man, that's just so true. That's what yeah. you know, came up when you were just talking about that. I was like, yep, yeah, I remember that advice and it's great advice. Awesome. Awesome advice. What would you say to the seasoned doc, you know, the doc that's in their career and, you know, either towards the end of their career, maybe getting ready to transition out or, or a little past midway point, what would be the advice that you would give that doc right now with all of your knowledge of where you're, what you've been through and where you're standing currently? Yeah, I would say there's, there's a couple things. One is if you haven't already, you know, to, to make sure you have goals, um, you, you know, financially practice wise, um, you know, do you have an exit strategy, uh, to, to make these goals, to write them down, um, definitely write them down. Um, whether it's, you know, five-year goals, 10-year goals, 20-year goals, um, make sure you have goals and you're looking at them often. Um, and, um, the other thing that I would recommend is if you're, you know, if you're, if you're getting burned out or, or, or tired of doing the same old thing, you know, try, learn something new, try, you know, whether it's like I mentioned earlier, whether it's implants or clear aligners, uh, especially like a clear aligners or a sleep and airway mm-hmm. that you could really make a difference and it's not backbreaking work. Um, and it's something you could really incorporate into your office, you know, get, get the training of course, but it, it's not, you know, you know, staring at looking at doing a number 15 DO and then, you know, you're leaning over <laughs> and this, you know, your back's killing you. Uh, it's work that you can do later on in your career. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's high value treatment. Um, so even late in your career, try something new cause you get get a new piece of equipment. Um, cause you could all of a sudden you get, you get a 3d printer or a intraoral scanner and, 
you love going into work and you love doing crowns now because you get to, you get to use that scanner. So even later in your career, try something new. Reinvigorate yourself, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, I've got one kind of curious question for you. What, what is the uh, question that I didn't ask you that you wish I would have asked you and how would you have answered it? What I have done is I would say, you know, Blocky, what do you do day in, day out that makes your day go by quicker and easier and more efficient and and more enjoyable? My answer would be that I've created, I've almost put my brain on on automatic for certain procedures. Uh, For example, like a crown, I have a step-by-step routine that I do every time. And I've trained my staff. They set up the room the way I want it set up. Um, and I go through each burr. I have a systematic approach, almost like a cookbook. Mm-hmm. And I don't have these voices in my head anymore. Like blocky, which burr to use, which one are you going to use this time? What do I do now? It's, it's cookbook. And I can do a, some of these procedures in my sleep now because I've done them over and over. Even with implants, I have a, a step-by-step procedure that I do and I don't skip steps and the patients are sometimes they're wowed and they're like, wow, that was easier. That was fast. Um, and it's because I've, you know, put the time in, but I've created this systematic approach in my head for these procedures where I don't even need to think anymore. It's just step by step by step. Um, so, for, for young dentists, that may be harder to figure out. Um, but once you get there, find a routine that works for you for, for that procedure. And it's just going to make it so much easier because uh, you won't have these voices in your head, uh, you know, deciding, you know, telling you what to do or what, what, what materials to use or what bird to use. And, and it also keeps your staff much more on the same page as you. Um, yeah. If you train the staff the way you want them, you know, the way you want to work, they're less stressed. You're less stressed. The patient's wowed and it's, it's win, win, win. Yeah. And they're not going, well, what's he going to really need today? Because it's different mm-hmm. every day. And mm-hmm. I don't know what Burry's using, or I don't know what <laughs> instrument he wants. I don't know what forcep he wants. You know, I, I don't know what bone grafting he wants, you know? So, but yeah, being very systematic and knowing what works well in your hands, mm-hmm. creating that system around it. And when you have that, now you create a cohesiveness amongst your team members mm-hmm. because they know that they can count on this is the way it's going to be done and it's reliable. And so that's awesome, man. Thank you so much, Dr. Eric Block, man, for joining us today and really dropping some great pearls for us. And man, much appreciation for you. And it's so good to see you and catch up. And it's, it's always a good time to, to chat with you, Eric. So I really appreciate it. And do me a favor, how, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how is the best place or where is the best place for listeners to get in touch with you and, and to get in a hold of you? Yeah. So I'm, I have, uh, you know, the stressfreedentist.com is a website I have. I have dealsfordentist.com, which is a, a marketplace for, um, dentist to find new customer offers, uh, out there. Um, I have, uh, I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm all over the place. I have a, a stress-free dentistry Facebook group. So, uh, I'm out there, but you can email me at info at the stress or info at deals for 
Awesome, man. Eric, thank you so much for your time today. And thanks for giving us, like I said, some great wisdom and some great info. So much appreciation, brother. Great to see you. Great to see you, man. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Jeff.